You got another uh, wild berry there? Got another wild berry. Is that your normal flavor? Uh, it's the first time I've ever had them tonight. Oh, yeah? How was it? Yeah. Yeah? Whatever. It'll get the job done. Well, truly? And keep me hydrated. So you're more of a truly than a uh, white claw? You know, I think there's more flavor in the truly. Is white claw the lacroix of uh, hard hard uh, seltzers? I really couldn't tell you. Mm. I don't know if I'm educated and or basic enough. Oh, shots fired. I think people who drink the claw will know. Mm, okay. I mean, I, I drank a lot of White Claw in the sense that I bought that variety pack and I had to finish it. You have or have not finished it? Uh, I have not totally finished it, but uh-huh. I had to, you know, I, I had to work my way through. Yours is all gone, I noticed. It is, yeah. All right, so you tell me. How is that White Claw? Vanishing. Okay. Well, now you have a thing of Truly in your fridge. Mm-hmm. And possession is nine tenths. I, I feel like I should warn you if that stays in my fridge, it might be gone the next time you get here. Tomorrow morning? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do it. Oh. <laughs> You'll be half dead. Oh, that's a challenge. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Is um, Emma Thompson, does she uh, have like Yugoslavian heritage? I'm glad you asked me that because I have no idea. <laughs> Did it feel slightly uncomfortable the whole time? Watching. Uh, so we're going to talk about the Joker. What she's in. No, we're going to talk about Last Christmas. Is she in the Joker? I, I, no. no, I wouldn't wish that upon anyone. I do have a minor Joker tangent. But uh, if the movie kind of felt like, hey, everyone, Emma Thompson's got a slightly Slavic accent she wants to do. <laughs> um, this, that's weird. There's a part of the whole time it's like, is this okay? Yeah. I don't know if this is totally all right for her to just, I don't know, like with the Brexit stuff and everything. The Brexit stuff was weird. This is only kind of there. Yeah. Everything was only kind of well, there. Well, let's just let's save it. Because, yeah. So we're going to do a headcanon here. We got lots of stuff to talk about. So uh, why don't You know we... it's headcanon because you downloaded it. Yeah. Why don't we get to the intro? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Headcanon. I'm James. I'm <laughs> Marco Sparks. How are you doing? Doing well. It's after me. Oh, no, I, was, I was talking to them. Oh, sorry. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. I was talking to them. Oh, I was I was answering them. Yeah. There's so much eye contact in the new headcanon. <laughs> there's no there's no room for rhetorical questions. So we got a lot of small topics. We're going to talk about last Christmas but not in like I don't know the official headcanon way or anything. So speaking of the Joker. There is an Instagram influencer that I have way too big of a crush on who's like in another language, or another. I, country. I feel like you like brought up the Joker, and then you're like speaking to the Joker. Yeah, mm-hmm. and who, like, who, who? I'm not gonna say. Oh God, I'm she lives in another country. Hmm. So Emma Thompson. No, it's not Emma Thompson. That'd be great. I'd be into it. Um, it's just she speaks another language. So whenever I watch her stories, I have no idea what she's saying. How did you find this person? I don't know how I find anything on Instagram. But for Christmas, she dressed up as the Joker. And granted, which Christmas? I mean, Christmas, Halloween. Okay. Um, it's very late. Um, so for Halloween, yeah, for Christmas, she dressed up like the Joker. It's, it's fucked up. No, for Halloween, she dressed up like the Joker and, you know, she did a fine job with the costume, but, you know, it ruined it. Oh, the, your, like, Instagram influencer crush, it ruined yeah, that? Yeah, it ruined it a little bit. I mean, they did ruin it. I, uh, it's impervious, but it's, you know, it's hard. Yes, I don't know. I don't really do the whole influencer thing on Instagram. 
I think she's an influencer. She might just be a model who works out a lot. I don't know. I mean, it's what's well, the difference? I, yeah. I, I, I thought she was Italian for a while, but it turns out she's actually Brazilian. Mm-hmm. Um, could I be any more of a white American? <laughs> so anyway, we uh, we're gonna shoe our normal format. We've got lots of topics to talk about. I guess you could say last Christmas will be the entree, but not uh, you know, it's like a light salad, not a full entree. Yes. Uh, we will be spoiling last Christmas, so we'll, we'll save that to the end. Uh, before we get into that, got a lot. I don't know. Were there any trailers we want to talk about? We we saw that goddamn uh, Dark Waters trailer twice. We saw the the pre-trailer role. It's like the same thing. You know, when you go to yeah. the you watch the fucking commercials before the trailers start. Now, do you remember when? You would sit in the theater and it would be, I'm, I'm old enough to know that when you sit in the theater, it'd be fucking silence, darkened silence for a while, then trailers. Then it was the trivia. Then we started getting I the fucking I think I feel ads. like I always remember trailer, or not trailers, uh, trivia. I feel like the trivia was I like remember right before that, it was just like silence. Oh, do you remember? Um, then it was ads. It was were, like, hey, motherfucker, are you brushing your teeth? For a while, there was like a like United Artists Theater Radio Network. You yeah, know, where they yeah. like they play payola songs like Avril yeah, Lavigne. Yeah, yeah, oh, it was wonderful times. Um, yeah, so we saw the fucking Dark Waters trailer. We saw some other movie trailer they played twice. The photograph, the or photograph, photograph or yeah, the photographer or something. Yeah, the the photograph, and mm-hmm. then the one with Rose Byrne and Tiffany Haddish, uh, which I. Can- I- could just do without now i'm at this point with movies where i want them to come out so i'll just stop fucking seeing the trailer mm-hmm. you know what i mean um and the fucking m&m commercial that's been playing for like 10 years this is no, your mission this is an, no, envelope. This is an envelope yeah it's like we get it it's just a fucking old man podcast here it is complaining away yeah, yeah. next will be complaining yeah, about t- birds. talk about this people who came in and sat near us and talked the whole time got got their fucking flashlights out at one point Jesus. on the phone yeah yeah oh they were just having a full like they hadn't seen each other mm-hmm. in weeks They're just having a whole full fucking conversation i really want to throw a gun there at them that's brave of you of me mm-hmm. being the one sitting close to them yeah exactly all right uh yeah i can't think of any new trailers i'm really interested in i feel like we're the trailers we're getting now is like the shit that comes out in january so there was something for february i thought i mean so january you've got what the turning the the, the latest adaptation of turn of the screw i'm, I'm sure there's a reason it's coming out in january mm-hmm. yeah all the ambiguity's gone you fucking boy finn wolfhard's in that way too old for the role he's playing like too old and like there's nothing not creepy about that child yeah i don't like him like and so when he's like putting the aggressive sexual moves on Mackenzie Davis, it's it's especially icky. Mm-hmm. Finn Wolfhard. Anyway, fucking Finn Wolfsoft. Let's talk about some TV. Yeah, talk about TV. I'm actually like watching a few TV shows lately because they're they're good and I like them. <laughs> okay, high praise. Yeah, uh, Mr. Robot season four, the final season. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about it? I think we're like half. I don't know how many episodes are. I think there's actually 12. Oh, okay. We're like a third. Eh, I don't know. I've it's, enjoyed myself. I wouldn't say it's totally cohesive yet. I feel like it's like. Strong first episode. I feel like it's good solid television. It's not like 
mind blowing or like important necessarily, but it's like, this is just good TV show. Interesting progression of Sam Esmail's style. Um, like I think we talked about the other day, not as much uh, like lower quadrant, you know, framing much more centered characters. It's, it's interesting. I think very strong first episode, like very seventies paranoia, less Hitchcock cinema influenced. Uh, second episode, he's like, here's a wacky suggestion of a twist. And then we have like, like had like two or three episodes since then where we're like, we're not addressing that. We're not talking about it. I didn't really like the one where they're in the woods. See, I like that one. Good for you. Um, I mean, I, I enjoyed. I this guess last you could one. say it's sort of a Pine Burns ish thing, but not really. I don't know. I enjoyed this gimmicky last one. I think I probably like the one in the, in the woods mostly more than this last one, just because the last one felt more gimmicky to me because the uh, oh, it's super gimmicky. It's like no one's going to talk during it, so they just oh, text instead. Not just not going to talk. Super on the nose about it. The mm-hmm. first line that you hear is, "It's okay, you don't have to talk." It's okay, you don't have to talk. And then the last line you hear is, "Don't you think it's time we talked?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, super fucking gimmick. I mean, I don't mind that part of it. It's just like, oh, it's a no dialogue episode, so they're just gonna text a lot, yeah, a lot and they're just there's gonna be a lot of moments where they should talk and they don't, yeah, because that's I don't know. It's it's not quite the same as like Hush, you know, where yeah, there's a, a built in reason for why they're not talking and the communications part of it, you know? Yeah. You're making jerk off motions. People can't see that. Yeah. Well, they were doing it too. Mm-hmm. True fan. But I don't know. I've been enjoying the season. It's got the origin like, ish of white rose. Sure. Yeah. I feel like it's just settled into like a nice comfortable watch now. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the first shows I watch mm-hmm. of whenever I actually sit down and watch TV. I'm a little behind on my TV shows. Mm. There's a lot of shows I want to watch. Of your Netflix varieties, I want to watch Dickinson. I want to watch his Dark Materials. Neither um, of those are Netflix shows. I know, I know. Okay. Um, I want to watch. Uh, I don't know how there's a second season of It's the End of the Fucking World, but I I want to watch that. Um, I think the guy is in it. I think that's like the secret twist. I think the guy is in it. I think that's the secret twist. The guy. Yeah, they 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 kill the guy at the end of the first one. What do, what do you get on the mic? I'm in. The, I'm literally on the you mic. You were like pushing it away from yourself. I was literally pushing it towards myself. Okay. God. You should be able to hear it in your ear. I could. Okay. And then you were emphatically gesturing at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they they shoot this man, this young man on the beach to death uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the first episode or last episode. They then have sex on his corpse? They being him and the girl on his own know. corpse? They, you said they shoot this man to well, death. Whatever. It's been a while. So she shoots the man. No. Okay. Whatever. I don't. Th- I don't think you're ever gonna understand. Mm-hmm. I don't think I am. I don't think who's they ever gonna understand. Are they non-binary? Am I being rude? No, it's the authorities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of shows I like to watch. I'd love to just do a day of just watching dumbass shows. I'm a little behind. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I've caught up on The Good Place, but you have not. No. Yeah. Now why would you? I'll just wait till the season's over and watch it. And the other night, when I had so many shows that I could be watching that are current, I, I just ended up watching old episodes of Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. I did watch an episode of PLO recently. I did enjoy that. Which one did you watch? I watched um, 208, I believe. It's the one with pain cream. Okay. Mm-hmm. Any reason? Um, I was trying to remember page five of the autopsy report. I was trying to remember what the page was like um, topically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the one with the trace evidence because I, I, I needed to know that information for other reasons. And that's that's absolutely where you would go for research. Yeah. 
when I need to research something, I just watch PLL. I mean, quicker, easier, more, more Googleable yeah. things online. But no, why? Why would spend? It's a great fucking show. Why spend three minutes doing that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do feel bad, and I want to issue a public apology to the one or two people who emailed us PLL questions several days after we recorded our PLL podcast, the last one. That, yeah, because we're just never going to do another one of those. So, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did get a request uh, from somebody that we should watch the 90s Romeo and Juliet movie for Headcanon. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that movie? I don't think I've seen all of it, to be honest with you. I've probably seen most of it. My sister's a big fan of Leo. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. At the ni- In the 90s at the time, it seemed dumb. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. How does it seem to you now? I haven't watched it. So Well, so someone has requested that we watch it for Headcanon. I guess we must. There you go. Way to go, Savannah. Hard, hard sell. <laughs> uh, uh, is that uh, is there any kind of holiday attached to that or not really? I don't think. I don't know. We need to do Sleepy Hollow soon. Which we've decided is now a Thanksgiving, That's a Thanksgiving movie. movie. Yeah, as, as everyone knows, yeah. Sleepy Hollow is about Thanksgiving. Much more strongly associated with Thanksgiving than... Pumpkins, Thanksgiving. Than, than yeah. Halloween. Yep. Yeah. Pseudo Quakers, Pilgrims. But yeah. You understand. Ish. You understand. Um, Christopher Walken. This is our month of uh, Sleepy Hollow's giving and uh, Amelia Clark's giving. Uh, Watchmen. It's great. Good show. Sterling content. Well reviewed. I really like the intro of Lori. I feel like she rounds out the show and like it was maybe slightly missing something in the first two episodes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think it was just, it felt very like you're trapped in Tulsa the whole time. Mm-hmm. And now it kind of, it's like, okay, now well, I get not the, the whole time. I mean, most of the time frequently the best, well, some of the best parts of the episode. Well, yeah, sure. The Adrian Vine stuff, but yeah, the Lord of the manor. Yeah. It, it felt like it's just, this is all Tulsa stuff. Which was fine, you know, it was an interesting drama and all, but now it feels more like an actual Watchmen sequel. Yeah. Uh, I am very curious what people who've never, like, read the comic or even watched that stupid Zack Snyder movie I mean, would think. They've I, been putting in stuff to sort of explain the Watchmen. like Somewhat. The, you know. Dr. Manhattan. The play that they put on or, like, some of the American crime story stuff. But mostly Dr. Manhattan. Because the Minutemen stuff, it will be even more confusing if you don't know the i can't remember what they call themselves the crime busters or whatever mm-hmm. because the the fucking Zack snyder movie and its attempt to be like easier for folks would tell you that they started a superhero team called the watchman or whatever which that's is right yeah not really the case um but like dr manhattan like i don't know if you would get the dan dryberg stuff you know from Lori's episode no but the way they have been dancing this line of like to me my feeling is of it's like this is a show meant for everybody, but also if you're a super nerd or you've read the comic, like you're really gonna fucking love how we dance at this this dance. Well, I also, was a huge fan of the comic, so it's not surprising. Yeah. Also, big fucking dildos. Just a giant fucking blue steel dildo. With, like, was that a battery pack? It's gotta be. Was that? Like, I think that's what makes it vibrate. Was, it was like sex ammo or whatever. Mm-hmm. How are you checking that? You mean like baggage wise? Yeah. I guess. I, I honestly I don't remember. Did they do the thing early in the episode where somebody like looked at it and it just glowed at them and then they click close yep, it again? Yep, yep. That did happen. Okay, they, they pulp fictioned it. Yeah, light light blue glow upon her, and then that's when Senator Keen came and interrupted. 
Um, but I kept thinking that the junior FBI guy who runs the uh, slide projector, is he going to bring the heat more than that? Like, that seriously, like 20 looked, inch dildo or whatever? That thing looks painful. <laughs> yeah, seriously. If you need three hands to hold it. <laughs> but I like that she has like the memorabilia. Was it like the Playboy cover of, of Sook Spectre and Dr. Manhattan in there? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I like that she has that to like add to the experience um yeah i've been she's a little girl who threw the book definitely enjoying it it may go on for more seasons it may not we'll have to see but i've heard somebody say that it's a mini series but i don't know that i've ever read that anywhere so mm-hmm. i'd be very curious i mean i know dr manhattan's gonna like return at some point just from the trailers right you're talking about the guy with the blue hand who picks up the blue mask yeah i mean who else would that be i don't know I don't know. I mean, the the bite stuff is very curious. It's very curious. So, fuck it, this is happening. So, you had read something online. I read a theory. It's not like any a theory online. Yes, a theory online that Vite was actually Doctor Manhattan Mm -hmm. constructing this little world to play out uh, based on an episode where they kept teasing in other parts of the episode. Oh, Doctor Manhattan can't make himself look like another person. Mm -hmm. Um. And I think this latest episode would suggest that perhaps Dr. Manhattan is maintaining this kind of country manor prison. Could be. He might be the game well, warden. Well, they've also keep... Because the game warden was masked. They keep talking about how Vite is, is supposed to be dead, like other characters in right. the main plot. Disappeared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's not that he's like well, officially they, dead. He disappeared. Well, they were like, he's dead, right? Or like they keep like asking if he's dead well, or they're is, doing, he, is it true that he's dead that they're doing the bruce wayne thing where yeah. it's like he's been gone for seven years so they can now officially declare him dead um even though i think it was the vietnamese who claimed that that the previous president of vietnam like executed him in the show yeah i think it's, it's mentioned i don't remember that at all okay um and i'm trying to think how much of rorschach's journal like how much of the original story would it would it leave off? Would it leave off before they went to like Antarctica? I can't remember. I guess so because he had to have mailed it, you know. Yeah, because it's, it's not like he, know, it's been a long time since I read Watchmen the comic. I think the movie kind of like ruined a oh, lot of it for, for sure. me. But it's it's like bad cliffs and But it's not like he was just like, "Hey, John, before you incinerate me, can yeah. I just finish this sentence and mail this real quick?" Well, especially that's essentially why they killed him, so he couldn't. You know, tell about it. And yet, Dr. Manhattan can see the, the future. He would know how futile of a gesture it is. Mm-hmm. But they, but we see him building something that looks an awful lot like the country manor. Yeah. On Mars. Although, I mean, he's going to go, he's going to go explore other universes because this one's too complicated. Maybe he'll create some life. He uh, perhaps threw a car at Lori as a joke. I don't think that's him. You don't think that's him? No, because. You think that's like whoever's flying around in the. It's it's the it's the car that uh, um, the Flying Eagles is. Uh, Flying Sister Eagles. Knight. Yes, Louis Gossett Jr. Hooded Justice. Right? No, he's, he's not Hooded Justice. He's Hooded Justice. No. You don't think so? He's the little boy from the Tulsa Race Riot. I know, and then he becomes Hooded Justice. No, Hooded Justice is a different character. I think Unfortunately, he, Hooded Justice is a Caucasian character. I think it's going to turn out that the real Hooded Justice is... Louis Gossett Jr. character. Because it's voiced by Cheyenne Jackson, a uh, Caucasian actor who I'm pretty sure is the one behind the mask. I mean, you mean seen, in like the in the TV show? In the TV, TV show version. No, yes. that's what I'm saying. But that's a 
that's a diegetic TV show where they may right, have right. the the race wrong. I, I think, think it, I think you're going to learn that the real hooded justice is Louis Gossett Jr. Or maybe like the second hooded justice. Or, or yeah, it's very subtle the hints you get about the possible identity of the hooded justice in the Watchmen comic. I mean, I read this. I don't know, geez, like when I was like in my early twenties. But I, I that's all men do. Yeah. <laughs> It was either this or you went to you grew up to be the kind of person to see the fucking Joker in the theater. I think a lot of them are both. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh uh, yeah, there's a the kind of people who would put on their Rorschach masks in Tulsa and go do their shit. But yeah, definitely enjoying watching so far. It's nice to have just like I don't know, top tier television back. I feel like it's we've had a little bit, bit of a break from that. Like I said, I, I, I think what I like about what I like to theorize in my head about Westworld would be what if this was like the same show, but like done on a network, like a, like a, you know, basic network. And like you had to streamline that storytelling to, you know, a more extreme degree. And then I, I look at Watchmen and I think like, fuck, like what if Lost had been on HBO? I mean, you know, you get little bits and pieces in the leftovers Just and imagine Watchmen. Jack falling apart, but on HBO. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now you have not watched his dark materials. No, not yet. I've I've heard both good and middling things. I mean, I really like the uh, the material of his dark materials. You know, some of my favorite some of my books. favorite books. Um, the actual like, if I was just going to judge it as a TV episode, I would say, ooh, it is a lot of work. You know, um, performances are fine. It is still weird, like, I don't know, between, like, the movie they did and this, it's like everybody who sits down to adapt the material is just like, I gotta have more Asriel, and I don't really understand that. But they're always putting more Asriel in. A lot of James McAvoy. Um, but, I don't know, the... The casting of the movie was great. The casting in this is pretty good. Yeah, it's hard to match the movie casting in some ways. Um, the directing, though, like, the way it's edited, it was, like, very choppy and weird. It's a lot of, like weird unmotivated handheld and the camera's just kind of like wobbling around constantly and drifting around and it's it's like choppily edited like it almost made you think like did they like did they not get the coverage they needed and like this is what they had to work with or something so i was very surprised because the bbc trailer came out months and months and months and months ago mm-hmm. and then i'm pretty sure pretty much the exact same trailer was the one they showed at comic con and people were losing their minds over it and i remember thinking like it's not great like it's not that it's a bad trailer. I think it's like people are excited what they're working to see with. The, yeah, the, yeah. You know, I mean, you're material. excited to have to see this get adapted. Also, you know what's radically different hmm. is you don't have the fucking like attempts at boycotting. Do you remember that? Yeah, with yeah. The movie? Just, I like, don't know. George I, w. I, I guess you can call that progress. Ah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean it's, it's it's a show where God is the villain. Yeah, <laughs> I can see the the foundations of what could be a good show. I think it was Tom Hooper mm. who directed the first two episodes. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to when he's not directing anymore. And maybe they discover the tripod, a uh, new technology that was invented like, you know, 3000 years ago. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think they were definitely did reshoots too, because there are some scenes where Daphne Keen is like pretty noticeably older and like, just like bigger, like taller than. And I know they other. had to force the filming of season two because yeah, she's because she's she's growing, you know. Um, and I, I think, I don't know, I've seen conflicting reports, like some reports saying they're only due two seasons, but others are saying like, no, they still plan on doing a third one. So I know they cast Will Perry. I mean, they... Do you know who? I, I Some British dude. I don't know. The casting of Roger is good, I guess. 
he looks like he might care slightly more about his fate, mm-hmm. I guess, than the other Roger, who was like a complete like blank to me. I don't even remember the other one. Um, you know, it's the usual stuff. Right? I see people complain like, oh, not enough people in the background. Like you can see their demons or demons, but like that kind of like I get it, you know. Did I read that that it's more like puppet based, more practical? I had no idea to be honest. I was actually wondering that. Like I could see how if you were trying to film a TV show and you're working with child actors and you're working with animals, that that would be really hard to get shots. Mm. But maybe that's why it's in handheld. I don't know. Mm. Although, mm. Uh, I just want to jump in and say how much I have enjoyed the work of Nicole Castle the director of the first two episodes of Watchmen. It's not, oh, I thought you were going to say, uh, yeah, his Dark Materials. No, uh, yeah, no, I definitely like the Watchmen directing for sure. Way better than Tom Hooper. Tom Hooper's uh, the Cats guy. Cats guy, yeah. Yeah, and like, I a lot of, like, I think he did the King's Speech. He's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, mediocre and British. He's very mediocre. Um, but I'm I'm hoping that the material of his dark materials are kind of win out over the filmmaking and writing, which is just kind of like okay so far. It's very much like it's much more BBC than HBO. Mm. You know, it's like hey, that was all, all okay. You know, if this was just a BBC show, I'd probably be giving it more leeway. But because it's also an HBO co-production, it's like come on, guys. He's also the the Hugh Jackman, Les Misérables. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, I, I, he's a hack. Uh, I think he really like has no vision at all, and that's part of the problem. Hmm. Uh, again, which the smartest thing about that movie was the casting of Anne Hathaway, who then quickly got out of there. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's see. Any other TV shows? I think that about covers it. Um, want to talk a little bit of movies? Sure. Let's talk movies. The Lighthouse. Yeah. What you think? I mean, because we're going to talk about The Lighthouse and Parasite. I feel like they're they're both indie movies that are very different. Mm-hmm. I think Parasite's probably more accessible. Um, the Lighthouse was, uh, it was an experience. It's done by the guy who did The Vich. Uh, what's that guy's name? Like Robert something? Eggers. Robert Eggers. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really an experience. I don't know if it necessarily needed to be shot in like Academy aspects ratio, black and white. I didn't think the black and white, like I've seen better black and white done in modern times. They're not really having fun with the kind of film noir German expressionism balance between light and dark and in between. It's just it. sort of in black and white. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're definitely capturing. I think like, like maybe like black and white 16 millimeter or something like it. It didn't seem like they have like a ton of dynamic. Range. I mean, really, it, the, I, I think you would mention when we walked out of the theater that you thought the Academy ratio was to get the isolation of it. I honestly think with like a week or two to think about it, like it's like more the claustrophobia. Yeah. It's more to like, I think capture just the sense of like old timey photographs, I guess. Yeah. Just that era. Um, I watched a little bit of like one of like the, uh, New York Lincoln center, you know, interviews with him. And I mean, did you just lick that glass? I'm just licking the drip so it doesn't drip. Okay. Um, that really threw me. Uh, I didn't expect tongue. Was it because I was making eye contact when yeah, I looked it? Okay. Yeah, I didn't expect tongue and eye contact. Um, <laughs> well, you did buy dinner. I guess I, I, I owe you that. Um, yeah, he's like he's a research nerd. Like he would 
he would be researching the fuck out of that movie still if he could have gotten away with it. Yeah. Defoe, excellent monologue at one point. I can't wait till that's like available on YouTube to just watch <laughs> constantly. All right, have it your way. What? I like your fucking cooking. What? 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 It's wonderful. It's a, it's a great Boston accent by Pattinson there. I, I'm just fascinated to know what his Batman's going to look like because that movie is shaping up to be very odd. It's That's a real like Warner Brothers cast, too. Yeah. What is it? Like Circus is Alfred... Colin Farrell uh, Jeffrey is the Wright, penguin. Jeffrey Wright's the commissioner. Colin Farrell's the penguin. Paul, Paul Dano's, Dano's the Riddler. Riddler. Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman. I think that's all the main ones, yeah. And, of course, Rob Patson. I mean, my <laughs> my concern, my first concern is three villains. Yeah. I mean, you know, Catwoman may be more of the uh, the lone wolf, neither friend nor foe type thing. And I, I feel like they're saying Catwoman. Right, rather than Selena Kyle, like Anne Hathaway, so, yeah. they kept saying, "Well, she's Selena Kyle." Yeah, they never really wanted to like acknowledge Catwoman. Uh, it's just, I don't know, man. Whatever. It's like I, I'm just I'm gonna have like much better than Jonah Hill. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm gonna try to have like no preconceptions whatsoever of how fucking weird that movie's gonna be. <laughs> but yeah. I think I think I don't know. Like, what are what what's the reaction going to be from like that unfortunate part of the internet? Like, what are the Snyder Bronies? Like, are we going to get like, like a bunch of bullshit about this? The release of Snyder Cut, yeah. Uh, it's a whole generation of fucking idiots. Yeah, throw them in the sea. But yeah, the lighthouse. I mean, I enjoyed it, but like, I'm not necessarily sure I'd recommend it to everyone I knew. No, it's you know, it's, it's, or it's like Parasite. I feel like even though it's an indie film and it's kind of it's you know it's a foreign film and subtitle and all of that, I feel like it's more accessible. As a movie. Parasite is fascinating because the trailer is enigmatic as fuck. And it really presents it as some kind of thriller. And the movie somewhat is. It somewhat is. But the movie's very funny, too. Yeah. It's, it's got a very dark sense of humor. I mean, there's there might be blood at points, but. I was not, I didn't really like Snowpiercer that much. I was not one of the Snowpiercer heads. Mm-hmm. We thought it was amazing. I thought it was kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I definitely really enjoyed Parasite. It's, it's an interesting movie as far as just our our... I don't know, like our attitude now to the haves and the have-nots. Just know? the class struggle. Yeah, yeah it's really, it, it's, you know, for a movie set in South Korea, it, well, it's understandable for Americans, I think. Yeah, definitely. And there's, it. this is like one of those movies that you can really dig into the details afterwards and like mm-hmm. second and third viewings, just lots of like very clever little hints and kind of symbolism and, and stuff like that, you know? Like when they're, folding the pizza boxes and a quarter of them are no good, you know, and you kind of, how does that play in later? That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a movie I, I, I want to revisit. I want to revisit lighthouse too, but that's because I'm a, I'm a fucked up human being. Um, lighthouse was not that long if I recall. So yeah, it was at least two hours. I think was it? I felt like it was a little shorter. could be wrong though. Um, I want something slightly different from the ending. That's very definitely a graphic image to end it on um i think you almost like wanted the witch ending again kind of you know yeah i but, mean but there's there's a whole there's a whole string of these these horror movies again the his the guy's other bro the midsummer it's a movie that i enjoy for very particular reasons and people who watch it and enjoyed it they get it 
But then if I tell you the details of this movie, I can absolutely understand why you'd yeah, be yeah. abhorred, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think what I really liked about Parasite was just, it was a very accessible, like it was just a movie, you know, it wasn't like, like art house cinema that's going to be oblique and challenging and like not make any sense. And, you know, like it was just like, no, this is just like a really well-made movie. I think know? it has a little bit of that, but a, a but, little but like, I don't know. It's it, but not, but not, not in a pretentious way. Not at inaccessible. All. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's the way to go with most art house movies. Yeah. It was great. I, I mean, just, it's just like a really well-made, enjoyable kind of like compelling, thrilling movie that, you know, the less you know about it, the better pretty yeah, much. I mean, the basic plot that you can ascertain from the trailer is all you need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Parasite, go see it. All right. Well, that brings us to our last topic here. Last Christmas. Last Christmas gave you my heart the very next day. Year away. Um, I don't How quickly do you want to spoil it? Um, why don't we do a little non-spoiler discussion and then we can get into the spoilers. So I was thinking about this on the drive back to your place. I don't know how to put this, man. I enjoyed the movie. It's completely minor. It's fine. Yeah. I I kept, while I'm watching the movie, because Amelia Clark's fucking adorable. She's just like this bubbly, buoyant presence that you want to root for. Henry Golding is very charming. Like, he's a hunk. I don't know that they had chemistry other than the fact that they're both magnetic. Just charming people. I don't know if they're like really magnetic together though. Yeah. Um, I kept thinking like, man, I really want this to be at some point in the same, whatever recurring goddamn conversation of which, uh, what's the other one called? The one that we, that we didn't have. Can remember me? No, no, um, no, no. The Christmas one, Christmas one, um, a, like a romantic comedy. Christmas. Bill Nye. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, those are the people I remember from this movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying a goddamn blank on that. Or Love Actually. Love Actually. Yeah. I, I kept thinking, like, man, I want this to be in that that conversation someday. I don't know that it's going to ever be. I there. mean, they're both fairly lightweight. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I I knew this, but it somehow blocked it out of my mind. And then when I'm watching the credits and it's, like, directed by Paul Feig, I was just like, ah, that just took it down a notch. It was, like, the exact same feeling I had when I was watching A Simple Favor. And it's a directed by Paul Fake. I feel like that guy, it's not that he doesn't elevate his material. He drags it down to like just kind of a, a hackish, like mediocre level. Do we ever talk about Simple Favor on the podcast? Probably not, no. Uh, my biggest problem with Simple Favor is that it's like wildly different tones from scene to scene. Uh-huh. And I, I think that's the Paul Fake of it. Yeah. I think he doesn't know how to think of a movie as a, a collection of scenes rather than just like this would be fun to do in this scene so mm-hmm. I'll do it and whether or not it fits with the rest of the movie he's like not interested well and I think he ended a pass where he's like I've got potentially something really great here what if I added in a bunch of like camp that's not I'll just do some improv and like oh wouldn't it just be funny if we did this because well, they would bring it back the other like PTA parents as like the chorus like the campy chorus it was just like You've almost got this very interesting thriller about like sexual identity here. The fuck are you doing? Simple favor, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I felt like that was on display a lot in Last Christmas. It just the scenes would be kind of weird and goofy where they didn't necessarily need to be. Yeah, um, yeah. He just he has no feeling for tone at all. I never saw his Ghostbusters movie, but I've seen a few clips, and it's just like oof. Like it just 
I think this one movie probably maintained its tone better for me throughout than Simple Favor. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that movie's a more challenging plot. Is he also Bridesmaids? Because it was like a dark comedy. Yeah, he was Bridesmaids too. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. There was definitely like the scenes in this where it's like, oh look, they probably did a bunch of improv and then just like put it all in the movie. You know, like uh, the auditions. I I didn't get a yeah. Well, maybe that. That's but that's 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 commonplace. I didn't get a sense that there's a lot of improv throughout the movie, but like it felt like there were probably a lot of deleted scenes. I could see that, yeah. Like a lot of deleted, like just like characters where it's like it's like sketches. It's so many sketches. Uh-huh. I mean, the entire central romance, without spoiling it yet, is just a sketch. It's it's well casted, like sketch well, what was of a the relationship. Point of like the weird, like not Richard E. Grant guy and Michelle Yeoh. The weird German. Guy, this whole thing is like, you know, that guy's a, a pervert, he's a sauerkraut magnet or something, and you're like, okay, that's his whole character. All right, well, he walks in and makes eye contact with Michelle Yo, which is understandable. She looks at him, they're both in a daze, and you would have thought that they had been like lovers 20 years ago, yeah, finally reunited or whatever. And it's like, no, the scene's just being played goofy for some reason, and he's just like, yeah, boy, I am sexually attracted to Christmas, and she's just like, ooh, I'm gonna put a saddle on you and ride you. Um, I wanted the movie to be hornier too. Yeah, I mean that's PG thirteen. I, I assume. I think so. Yeah, but I mean, like, Millie Clark has a lot of sexual partners because that's what she wants. But in like a TV's Friends kind of way, a little bit. Know? It's like it's a little bit like, oh, I'm crashing at these people. It's a little awkward. Okay, I'm gonna go out, and the next morning, it's like, all right, I'm letting this guy out of my room to, mm-hmm. to you know try to quietly exit the flat. Uh. And it's like at one point it's like she's you know she's met Henry Golding but then she was still like go hook up with people which is fine because they're not committed or anything. Well, they're not even anything really. No, it's like no. They had a conversation, yeah. But it's like that was kind of where I started to think like the movie could have been hornier when he's just like finally like you know you should come back to my place you need a place to stay and she's just like who boy and it's just like yeah there should be some fucking nope yeah it wasn't that kind of movie I guess I, it seems like they were shooting for like the broadest christmas rom-com ever type of vibe i mean let's talk about careers for a second amelia clark's film career what do you think i mean she's definitely getting around to lots of different types of movies i mean she's been in star wars and she was uh, sarah connor like i think mm-hmm. she's actually said she doesn't want to do any more big franchises she was in um, me before you which the nicest thing i've heard the, is uh, problematic is that the chris evans directed movie no not chris evans Okay. Directed by um, Thea or Tia Sharak. I don't know. It's the Jojo Moyes book where uh, Sam Claffin is. Um, I don't know the full extent of of what his handicap is, but he's in a wheelchair, um, and she's like the nurse or, or caretaker caretaker, caretaker. Sure. but like it's like then i want to say either the book or the movie has this very pro um like you sh- it's okay to end your life if that's your cho- I, like there's not a lot, it's not very hopeful so the impression i've gotten i i could be i could be misrepresenting that but like you know she's been daenerys targaryen uh-huh. memorably sure then all these roles the queen yeah these roles that aren't doing her justice aren't giving her the big screen career that she deserves i mean what roles are though like i don't know like who i guess emma stone probably gets emma stone and jennifer lawrence would probably get the big 
the big roles in that, you know, demographic. Like, what are what are the big roles she's missing out on? You I know? don't. Well, what are the big roles that that aren't being written or created yeah. for for young female actors? But Emma Stone, though, you know, goes and feeds it. Like she does popular movies, she does whatever the fuck this Cruella Deville movie is. But you know, she feeds it with like the favorite. She seeks out something that might be interesting or challenging. I I kind of really want Amelia Clark to go find like some some independent project. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if she goes more in that direction. She's got her like Game of Thrones fuck you money, and it sounded like she didn't like filming uh, Terminator at all, and probably didn't love Star Wars either. I'm guessing just because of all the having to reshoot everything. Like she's doing a Philip Noyce movie next. Man, fucking Genesis. Whatever. I mean, she doesn't have Game of Thrones to uh, hold her back. Hold her back, like schedule conflict. You know, like she's not like trying to work around that anymore. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there's Henry Golding. Um, yeah, he was finding it. Um, I don't know. Do we want to get into spoilers now? I, I mean, I guess I would say like, if you've seen the trailer, it's kind of like the movie never rises higher than that. All right. So spoilers now. Uh-huh. It's exactly the twist. It's exactly what you think. Yeah. Ish. Have you have you heard the song Last Christmas? Have you paid attention to the lyrics? Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty much that. Like, it's like and it, it's second line of the song. The like big reveal I felt was it just kind of happened. Like I don't know. I it, like I really wanted this movie to go for it in a big way, mm-hmm. and at every turn there it was like, nah. Let's just do. I mean, it. it's Let's not, just do the the boring, lazy thing instead. Well, it's not expressly spelled out, so it's not. He doesn't say, "I am a ghost." Yeah, it's kind of played more like he's a hallucination that she needs. To, Maybe ish, yeah, yeah, to have like a, give herself a pep talk. Um, and then when she finally does the performance at the end of the movie, which she's been building up to, they quadruple dip on Last Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's. The song, three covers, including one by her, but like there's all this like montage of like you had the montage where you you had like the Tyler Durden montage yeah. where we see all these scenes again from like when when he's not actually there, like when she's he's supposed to be blocking her as she's changing clothes on the street. It was like incredibly obvious, right? For yeah. me, and you were like, yeah, he's goes, yeah, he's well, because that that happens very quickly in the movie. Yeah. And you're like, oh, here we go, you know, or you knew from the skating rink thing from the trailer. You get that montage. And then there's just a montage when she's performing this song at the end where it's just like him smiling and prancing around. He prances around. It's a lot of pirouettes. He, like Errol Flynn Robin Hood. Uh-huh. Like I kept waiting for him to swing on a rope. <laughs> I, I kept mean, waiting for that to be tied in. Dude's for, agile. <laughs> like I kept waiting for them to tie that in for some reason. Like he juggles at one point. It's like, is this going somewhere? Seemingly not. Maybe that was a cut scene. I don't know. Seemingly, It's like he's just a bike messenger who got hit by a bus. Is he a messenger? I think so. He's just a guy who rides a bike in his past life and he keeps staring up. And of course, you know, maybe don't do that when you're riding your bike in heavy traffic. Yeah, around buses. Yeah. And the, <laughs> and the movie is like very much like it's like takes place in 2017. You know? Well, because I remember watching that with that title card and being like, why are we doing that? I it's think like, it's because, boom, Brexit. Because Emma Thompson had like lots of feelings about Brexit or something. Which and, like, makes me think. Wanted to there, work them into her script. Is there like 20 minutes of a Brexit C storyline that's like been excised? Which I, I don't know. It's fine. Like I don't disagree with the politics of the movie, but it just felt kind of shoehorned in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and then I wonder though, because it's Brexit, will, will some Americans who need to pay attention to that, not get like this is happening here. 
Yeah, you but know, still, substitute Brexit for the wall. But like the the immigrant in the movie is Amelia Clark, so yeah. it's not exactly. Oh, but know. the movie is just kind of like oh, she passes. She doesn't have yeah. the accent that her mom that her fucking Emma Thompson is just like. Let me tell you about my accent. <laughs> Which is like, is that okay? I'm not sure yeah. if it is. Yeah. If I don't know, it. It, 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 I think knowing that she wrote the movie as well makes it weird. Well, it's like it's like when you watch a trailer for Charlie's Angels and you're like, that's a lot of Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. That's almost too much for the director of the movie. She she also double dipped. She had two roles in this. She was also uh, one of the audition people. I, you might have gone to the bathroom during that scene. I can't remember. Emma Thompson? Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, when at she's, the, at the, the, the shelter? No. Um when Billy Clark, she's a singer in it, and she goes to audition for Frozen on Ice with Peter Serafinowicz or the other audition. It's on ice. It's on an, oh, okay. an ice rink. She's so, taking makeup. Yeah, and she's like, I don't know. She's got like short dark hair, and she's wearing a bray or something. But it's like she's one of the people auditioning, and like I don't know. She's just being like a you know hoity-toity art- artistic like theater person. Yeah, so she's like she's in the movie twice for some reason. Doing a real Tilda Swinton there. Yeah, interesting. Well, it's like the one audition. You got Peter Serafinowicz. Oh, that was the other thing. The guy didn't know Frozen. That was another way you knew he was a ghost. He's like, what's Frozen? Yeah. Boom. Ghost. Oh, no. You knew because he didn't have a fucking phone. And then we saw his phone. It was an iPhone 4. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't have a fucking phone. So it's like, yeah, you're you're a ghost. Which is funny because she purposely meets the one guy at the beginning of the movie who like seems really great, like suspiciously great. And it's like, he's great. Because his yeah. wife is like at a conference and came home, comes home one day early. So then you're kind of like, I think you're supposed to fill in the blanks. Like, oh, Henry Golding's probably got a girlfriend or whatever. It's like, no, he's. It's incredibly he's fucking, obvious. He's yeah. too fucking good to be true. Of course, yeah. he's dead. The best ones are always dead, right? So was it. Uh, is that the girl is was her sister the same sister from Fleabag or am I just mixing no, them up no. now? No, like, I got like a kind of the same dynamic. I got a very like I don't know poor man's fleabag vibe from the plot yeah. in general. Yeah, it was kind of like kind of you know mentally damaged. You know, uh, I mean I don't know if that's the right word for it. Um, she's complicated. She's seen some things. She's uh, she's, she's going through some rough that. times. Yeah. You know, um, don't say damaged. Yeah, you know, she lost her heart. Literally. But yeah, it's just like she's going through a lot of shit. You know, there's some potential tragedy that's hinted at in her background. She's like trying to like get her life together. It all felt like a little flea baggy, at least flea bag season one, which is the one I saw. Mm-hmm. Um but it was like flea bag is like so much more willing to go there and be raw and honest about it, whereas this movie was just like playing it so safe and so light, you know. I just Googled. How to pronounce the name of the actress who plays the sister? In Is she Fleabag. actually Yugoslavian? No, I'm talking about in Fleabag. Oh, okay. Um, Is she actually Yugoslavian? No, but no, Claire is not Yugoslavian. I could swear they were the same she's person. Welsh. I guess they're not, but no, she's Welsh. No, oh. well. Um, is this two she, movies now that Michelle Yeoh has been Henry Golding's mother? Yep. Yeah. Well, she's not actually his, his mother she? in this. Oh, that's right. I just yeah. wanted her to be the mother. That's right. Yeah. Because they're both Chinese. Yeah. I, he, I he, his saying never paid off. No, no, no. He had this whole thing where he's like, oh, it's, uh, it's <laughs> a saying I have. 
mercifully the movie left once one uh trope uh-huh. <laughs> on the table i mean i don't know she should have been his mom I, I kept waiting for that to pay off and it never did well when everyone in the movie who's been a character shows up at the uh benefit concert at the unsheltered you know shelter i was like no fucking way michelle yo shows up oh, she this. is no. she does with well, her no, like I'm just saying, not richard e grant guy yeah just in the kind of character she is she's not going <laughs> over there that part of town well, it's like the two cops show up, and uh, I think the guy, the the realtor who's renting out, dead. Yeah, he Henry shows Gold, up. Yeah, he shows up. Well, and then it kind of felt like they were going to have Amelia Clark and the other guy from the shelter. There's another guy at the shelter who seems like he likes her, but he's too young. I kept thinking though, oh, this is the first movie where the guy comes out of the friend zone. <laughs> well, because he he has a thing at one point where he says like, oh, sometimes it's hard for guys to say how they feel about someone. And at this point, it's like, if you don't know that the dude's a ghost, then like, you well, because I think three times in the movie, he's like, how's Tom? And I was like, yeah, buddy, after the, the the first how's Tom, you're not ending up as her, her new boyfriend. I, it seemed like That's they were happening. going there. Like, this is also he, he looks somehow like led her to this new guy. He looks like he's 14. He didn't look that young to me. I don't know. He seemed very young to me. Um, but this is one of those movies where. I think again, Amelia Clark's fantastic. She's got like those big smiles, you know. It's it's the Julie it's Roberts a very thing. expressive face, like when in doubt, crazy just eyebrows, big yeah. smile. Yeah, no, she's super charming. I mean, I think the movie like it's really just coasting on her and Henry Goldman's not Goldman's um not their chemistry, but their charisma. Yeah, you know? yeah, because it's a very chast. I mean, what do they kiss a couple times at most? They kiss twice. Yeah, yeah. Um, he puts her in a bed and covers up and you could tell she's just like, no, no, no. She's just like, and yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, we just met. Yeah. And she's just like, so what? <laughs> she's what? like, I know more about you than most of the guys. I slept yeah. With. I know your name. <laughs> Good enough. Also his fucking apartment is too clean. It's inhumanly clean. Well, it's clear that like no one lives there. Yeah. 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 There's a certain level of like there's there's clean and then there's just like hi I'm a robot. I don't know. I just I kept thinking what if this movie tried a little bit harder? They could have been a little more subtle about some of the ghost stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I'm I'm almost positive there's like 35 minutes of deleted scenes. Um I saw somewhere here it's like 49 49- percent excuse me on rotten tomatoes yeah it doesn't shock me here's how you get an extra like 15 percent just release this as a netflix movie i did have people a, would devour this it show. had a little bit i mean i'd say it's like probably like better than your standard netflix movie but not by much yeah, you know yeah but yeah it did have that vibe of just like i don't know laziness i guess you know like like more effort could have been put into it but they decided not to yeah uh 12 George Michael 12, songs. 12 George Michael songs. They quadruple dip on Last Christmas. And what was the other one? Like, Tell Me a Secret, I think. Um, oh, shit. It's like some deep cut that they just keep going back to over and over again. The one she's singing at the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, talk amongst yourselves while I look this up. Yeah. No, um, no freedom. Feel the pain. Feel the pain. No Freedom 90, I don't believe. Yes. Was there? Yes, Freedom 90 was. That's when right, she's yeah. finally learned yeah. and she's like fixing everything, it's the montage. And part. No Careless Whisper. That's the one they didn't do. Yeah. Yeah, we were choking on the car over that. 
<laughs> with karaoke careless whisper. Or like, oh, what do you think they'll do? Like uh, five George Michael songs? No, they did 12. They just 12. kept going. And that's not including four renditions, maybe four and a half renditions of Last Christmas itself. Mm. And then the most egregious sin of all <laughs> is you have the credits now. This is going to this is going to be the first line in writing the history of this movie and how we remember it. And it's some fucking bullshit song. Where like as I were walking out of the theater and like complaining about the other people in the not theater, a George Michael song, not a George Michael song, the lyrics were fucking insane. At one point, somebody like the line is like, "I got to figure my shit out," mm-hmm. which doesn't make sense. Yeah, for this PG thirteen movie, it was some and weird then, sort of like bouncy, poppy, not quite hip hop song, but sort of. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, it was a bizarre song to put it like it was like like a slightly electronic, I guess. Something for us to get high to. Yeah, is one of the lines. It's like what. What? Just put another fucking George Michael song here. Are you insane? Yeah, did you, did you run out of money on the George Michael songs? You only use fucking 12 of them? Jesus fucking Christ. Like, what What middling, like, what Spice Girl working on a solo career couldn't have covered last Christmas yet a fucking again? Well, I don't know. You got to, like, George Michael, He's uh his songs have a certain amount of sexuality to them, yeah, you know, yeah, a certain amount of horniness, yeah. But like this movie's so chast, you know? yeah. It's funny because she talks about the beginning how how she like he's her. She has like an I love George Michael like she's the most sticker, generic yeah. I love George Michael sticker ever on her like like it uh, looked like unsheltered it was printed out from a dot matrix printer and taped to the but suitcase. she's like telling the one conquest like oh he and I are exactly the same we're both like misunderstood geniuses or whatever mm-hmm. and it's like. I kept thinking, like, did you also have a restroom? Fiasco. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, she at one point mentions, like, plugging in her instruments. Like, she can play something. We never see her play anything. I don't think it's, I don't think, I think it was more like her sound. What, just like a backing track? Yeah, like her backing I don't know. I wanted to see her, like, I don't know, get, like, a little Casio out. Yeah, I don't, like I don't, I don't something. think that would happen at the audition. And sure as shit, Peter Serafino was, wasn't going to allow that. I wouldn't have minded seeing her like play some piano or play guitar or something like that. Like, I don't know. The movie is like half into being like a musical type of movie and then, then just not at the same time. Like it didn't commit to it. And she sings her own songs, yeah. which is Sounds both nice. good and bad. I mean, she wasn't, she sings better than I sing, but I'm maybe not, maybe not. I thought good she sounded fine. This movie. I don't know. I thought she sounded lovely. I think it's Paris Jackson is playing like young. I didn't really young. understand why they needed to really? include like a two minute long scene of young her in the old country singing. Because that's that's clearly denoting a, a deleted storyline. Yeah. That's a different act, young actor playing young Kate, but uh it looks just like Paris Jackson. Um But like wasn't part of her 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 thing with him, like her big resolution as her journey was that she needs to like let go of the auditions and that that attempt that she's just not having anymore, and then she immediately goes and like throws this like benefit show, yeah, from it was homeless like shelter. Doing all the auditions was like getting her down or something, so she's gonna not do them. And then the the montage of auditioning the various unsheltered folks to like be a part of this, you find out it's, it's a thing where it's like, oh, we've seen these, like these characters for like five minutes here and there, but they all have these like secret musical talents. Like the one the one guy does like a fucking the greatest hobo Elvis you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, they don't really use a lot of their talents. I mean, it's like, you're a really great Elvis. Be a backup singer. Yeah. Wear some Christmas lights. 
I, I think with a little bit of dressing up, this could have been like one of those blah. I mean, I fucking hate Christmas. I don't fucking hate Christmas, but you come hate on. Christmas? I don't hate Christmas, but it's wow. it's November 9th, man. I like Christmas. We're, it's November 9th. We're going on the whole fucking Christmas train. I just ignore Thanksgiving and just think about Christmas, you know? That, I think that's one I'd reason. Like to, I'd like to just restart October for a month. See, that's one reason I think why I'm enjoying Mr. Robot this year is I like Christmas. They're not really doing a whole lot with the Christmas thing. Yeah, they are. What are you talking about? They're not doing a whole lot. They've done like. It's like Christmas they somehow Day. done like two Christmas Eve episodes in one Christmas Day episode. They're already like they're definitely doing the Christmas. They're thing. halfway through Christmas Day. It's like I don't know. Have a little more fun of it. I think like all holidays, the big fucking thing is the build up to it. They did two episodes of Christmas Eve. They're getting there. Trust me. Mm. I mean that was. I mean, what was the episode in the woods all about? You know, that was that was a pure Christmas episode. Yeah, I don't. Know. You might not I don't know. Can, can you imagine a Sam Esmail directed last Christmas? I would be down for that for sure. Oh, that'd be fucking amazing. That'd be fucking amazing. I, I don't know. It's it's on the one hand, it's like a pretty cheesy, obvious concept. It's like, oh, it's just the song. But like, I just feel like he could have put a little more effort into it and like made like a really good movie out of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I dresses up a little bit like this could have been another one of your middling Christmas movies that we talk about, you know, every couple of years. I mean, it's it's got the things that I like from Christmas, which are the ghosts, ish. Um, it could have been a lot hornier. Needed to be. Like, you wanted her to fuck the ghosts. I think I did say that out loud. In You're just theater. like fuck. <laughs> I think I actually said ghost fucking. Because <laughs> at one point she she straight up says, "How come I can feel you whenever we touch?" Because they touch a lot, and he's just like, "Oh, you know," and he caresses her like scar again he's just like because i'm right here i'm surprised that like, that's what that was the weird thing that which we did. you think about it ghost girlfriend yeah not bad another weird thing the movie did was um you really only have to be like half a man they waited well i can handle that then <laughs> they waited a while to reveal that she had a heart transplant her scar seemed a little low right it seemed a little low but they it, wanted to do like low-cut dresses but not show the scar yeah it's like any i don't know a more raw movie that would have been something that like one of her conquests saw and yeah. she was just like, like, don't worry about it. Like keep going or whatever, you know, like you could definitely see like a scene like that where like the dude's a little thrown off by this massive scar, you know, on her chest. It's not implying that, that they're having, you know, that she's like leaving her shirt on or that yeah. she's only taking it from behind or, or whatever. You know what I mean? Because the movie, it just doesn't dare actually talk about her sexuality other than like, Oh, she's one of those girls who just likes to have partners. It's very yeah, and so like for some reason it has to be a semi mystery as to what this illness was that she had. Yeah, I don't really know if you needed to make that a secret the whole time. I don't know. I mean, realistically, I'm glad that the movie ended and that the the, <laughs> the movie ended <laughs> as the movie ended that the uh, the benefit show for the homeless shelter seemingly went very well. Um, I think she needs to maybe talk to somebody. I mean, it was very much like a professional mental help. It definitely had that Paul Fig, like Judd Apatow vibe of just like, we're going to have like a big, like no, musical I would, event. At I the wouldn't end. say totally Judd Apatow. So not totally Judd Apatow, but it does have that thing where it's like, we're just going to have like a big little like sing along event this is, at the this end is and everything's fine. All you know? the moves of this ilk. Again, yeah. like, like, uh, uh, fuck, what was that movie called again? Love Actually. Love Actually. All bills to the crescendo yeah. of the fucking show or whatever. Um, but I mean, like, Several characters have heard about her new kind of sort of boyfriend. By the time we get to the show, 
what has she told them about Tom? Oh, he's a ghost. Oh, it turns out Tom wasn't real at all. <laughs> I might also have a bit of a tumor. <laughs> Do you smell toast? <laughs> yeah. Man, I just, I don't know. The, the more aggressive version of this movie sounds fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah. The Sam Esmail version. Or Sam Esmail version. There's like probably like a, like a handful of directors who could have done something just radically The Lynn different. Ramsey version. Oh, yes. Yes, please. <sighs> yeah, so, I mean, you know, if you're thinking about seeing Last Christmas and you've listened to this song, uh, well, you're spoiled, obviously, but are you really? But, uh, you know, it's what it's what's in the trailer. It's nothing more. Like Rob Delaney's in there with Peter Sanford. With, you don't Rob even, Delaney, man. You don't even, like, recognize him. I don't I, all I know about that guy is, like, Twitter keeps showing me his tweets for some reason. Mm-hmm. And he does not seem like a pleasant person based on his tweets. Maybe, a pleasant person? He just seems like a dick. He's just, like, an annoying Bernie bro. Interesting. But, like, he's, like, he lives in the UK, but he's a Bernie bro. So, I don't know. It's just, like, it. he doesn't come off well just based on his tweets. Okay. Um. Yeah, I I think this is a great movie for you to watch in like eight months when it's on Netflix or wherever that. Lands. I don't know what I'm trying to think. What uh, is it? Fox Universal is it Universal? So the Peacock Network. No. Oh. Yeah. Watch it on Peacock. Yeah. All right. Well, so many cliches. <laughs> I think that about wraps it up. This little mini episode. Um, when we return, I think we'll probably be doing Sleepy Hollow next. I'm guessing, probably timing wise, probably. Uh, we'll see Nice out by then. Although, I don't know. I don't want to like get do that a rush job on that one. I want to like really settle in if we're ever going to do that for the pod. Mm. So we have tickets to see it a little early, but yeah, I don't know though. I want to like ooh, look at our our podcast that came out like a week before the movie came out no there's no, no need to do that you know i think sleepy hollow we can we'll say that's next that'll be out around thanksgiving time probably. so let me just say now sorry about the johnny depp now that's right he's in that yeah, yeah. i totally forgot about that yeah. that was back when he still kind of acted well wasn't that kind of like the first like like it was kind of a shock that he was in a role like that like a like a somewhat big like action a, movie a, a more mainstream like prior to that he had done like nick of time yeah he's he has he makes weird choices in it was he in like the astronaut's wife was that him he was in the astronaut's yeah. wife yeah no is that astronaut's wife it might have been he's the astronaut who comes back and he's evil or he's an alien and charlie Theron is like the wife okay maybe it's the astronaut's wife i think that's the astronaut's wife the astronaut Go yeah see parasite yeah that's charlie's and johnny depp there Man, nineteen ninety nine. Okay, that was it. Was Sleepy Hollow nineteen ninety nine? Wow. So the year that like Magnolia comes out, and American Beauty, nineteen ninety nine. One of the best years of uh, cinema ever. <laughs> also got also the featured the astronauts. <laughs> Clea Duvall's in that movie. Wow. Oh well, that happens. Yeah, let me let's take a look at Johnny Depp's career real quick before we uh, let these poor bastards go. Were <laughs> the glasses dismissed? God, he's been in a lot of stuff recently. Ugh. Uh, including um, he's going to be in another fucking uh, Fantastic, Fantastic Beast. Beast movie didn't we already know they're going to Brazil uh, I don't feel like we mentioned that in the last uh, yeah because I was like I pitched like an idea that involved them going to Brazil so what was your idea about them going to Brazil it was something to do with dragons I don't know but there's like know. a there's like a revolution there so I think what they're historically going to go tackle I don't know it's 
on the one hand, it's like, oh, Michelle will or not Michelle, um, Jessica Williams character is going to be a bigger role. And it's like, cool. But like, do we need more bigger roles already? We already have 10 fucking characters. Remind me who she played. She is like a professor at Ilvermorty who I think she like you she, see in her the second one she, briefly. I think she's like through some sort of communication means. I can't remember exactly what like they open the book maybe and they're talking to her in the book. Um, and she's like part of, I don't know, whatever the like nascent order of the phoenixes or whatever, like, like something like that There's or whatever's before the order of the phoenix. Yeah, it's too many. It's like, I'm not opposed to Jessica Williams having a bigger role in this movie. That sounds fine. But like, you got to lose like five other characters. They killed the one guy in the first movie. No explanation. He's back in the second one. Which one? Then, oh, oh uh, shit. He's a Ezra Miller. Secret Dumbledore. Yeah. Ugh. Still got to deal with that. We didn't talk about Chris Child. You want to talk about Cursed oh, Child? Oh, yeah. We went to see Cursed Child. I hope my boss isn't listening to this. Because um, I called in sick. Yeah. Cursed Child. We went to see the play. Does your boss listen to your podcast? I don't think so. I hope not. Do you like drop this into work emails? No. Sorry, guys. It's never. That's for my, my uh, award-winning podcast. I don't think we've won a single award, actually. Um, we'll fix that. Cursed Child. We went and saw it in San Francisco at the Curran Theater. Mm-hmm. I mean... I think we've already talked about our feelings on the content, like the story, um, but production-wise, it was really cool to see. Yeah, it was. It's it's very immersive. There's some fascinating little bits where they step out of the stage, the confines of the stage. Um, some of that stuff is just like, how do they do that? There's yeah. a couple of moments. There's a couple of moments where it's like, like the the moments where I think you're supposed to be like, wow. It's like, well, I kind of get that. But there's some of the moments where you're generally like, holy fuck, how did you do that? Like some sleight of hand. There's a lot of uh, language, like visual language. That's like like clearly the the, here's how we're going to translate something from the screen to the stage. Um, I know a lot of the wand stuff. Like how do they cast those curses? A lot like the expelliarmus. Yeah, the firewalls, the expelliarmus, where they like they catch the wand. Like that's just like pretty impressive physical acting. Yeah. Well, there's a part where you know my girl Delphi is like floating in the air, and like somebody like fireballs at her and you see the light reflected across her face as this thing of fire shoots around her was pretty fucking impressive um it moves very fast you know for four acts across two nights how we saw some people can see like the five hour i think um day version watching the performances uh what's his face uh scorpio came off scorpius yeah scorpius he he was much like it seemed like kind of a sad sack more in the on the page but on screen like he had much more of like a a sense of humor and like i don't know he's drier yeah but this uh, this actor and this this version of it i think definitely also has the sad sack thing he did but like i don't know it's just the vibe was different actually seeing it perform versus reading on the page i bought the uh, he's more likable the little books that they sold Uh which is interesting because it's the exact same book as the new york one it just says san francisco on it so like the pictures in it are all from the New York production with the New York actors. So, like, the guy playing Ron looks very different than, the, than Ron in this one. Ron mm-hmm. served much better than Hermione because it's easy to Hermione serve Ron. Hermione takes some L's. I mean, I I don't know. I'm not sure if it was anything with the actress who, like, she flooded a few lines. And, like, I, I felt like she just had the wrong vibe for Hermione. She seemed older than the rest of the cast. A um, little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, her, like, just her story, her lines, like, she... She doesn't really seem like Hermione at all. She just seems like, I don't know, just kind of like 
bossy stick in the mud. And I know we recorded an episode about it, but it was, what I enjoyed was the fact that I didn't remember a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. The, so about the play. Um, so I was like, oh, yeah, Harry's really making this about himself. <laughs> Harry had a very much like low rant Hugh Grant vibe. Yeah. I, I, I would really want to see the original Hermione because I, I feel like I've seen a few clips, like just like short little like, you know, like stolen, you know, footage clips with her. Mm-hmm. And she seemed more like a Hermione to me. And tying it all in. I mean, again, the what you think of the central crux of the plot is uh, a very end gamey time travel bit where they have to go rescue Robert Pattinson. I mean, the, it's it's just how can we revisit our greatest hits? The basically. stuff of Myrtle, she seems even more sexual in Myrtle, the play than she did in the movies. Myrtle worked much better in the play, I think, in the mo- than in the movies. Like the performance in the movies, all just kind of creep me out. Oh, because it's Shirley Henderson. Well, it just Shirley Henderson creeps me out. And isn't that actress like like wasn't she like in her forties or something? Probably or older. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it was definitely like a babe playing this. Well, she, she was very much playing up the blade very sexually but she was like it was intentional like she was playing up like the vampiness of the myrtle oh, role one point with the choreography though it's like oh shit like uh albus is looking like straight up her skirt like her ghostly skirt well it's funny to us was you know night two end of act four you know all the actors come out and took i think like nine bows it's a lot of bows yeah um Including Moaning Myrtle, who's only in like Act Two, so it's pretty funny because they bring this actress back in the full, like the next day, the full yeah. like makeup and outfit, and the it was wild because the guy playing Snape also played Voldemort, also played Uncle Vernon, and Voldemort appearing at the time of 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 when uh, Harry's parents are killed, but like in full Voldemort, he still looks sneaky, he, yeah, like Snake Voldemort, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So Astronaut's Wife was a movie just before Sleepy Hollow mm. uh, for a giant depth there. But that might have been delayed for a while. Let's look at the picture of Johnny Depp on his Wikipedia page and tell me that's not grotesque. Oh, like his current? Yeah. Yeah, he he I, starts like look a little less human after a while. Like his features get so weird and exaggerated, you know? Time is not being kind to him. It's aggressively I being think I think it's uh it's him. not time so much as alcohol. Yeah. But this was like he was like hot shit for a long, 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 long time. I mean, he was what, like, I don't know, like the Timothy Chalamet of his day or who'd, who's, I don't know if we have like a, a Johnny Depp necessarily right now, but. So I think you've said that like you and McGregor was your guy that like, if he gave you the handsome guy nod, you'd be like, oh shit, I'm questioning some things. <laughs> was Johnny Depp your guy? No, no, no. But I think he was for a lot of people. Well, he's just like, he was just like the he... super cool like he had this indie Johnny cred as Depp an actor had yeah. that effect on a lot of like you know, tough guys that like uh, for a long time Angelina Jolie did on girls who thought they were straight. It's kind of amazing that they've never dated because they seem like they deserve each other. Instead, they did that god awful movie. Yeah, that's right. They were in that terrible movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, like I, I, I flipped through his fucking Wikipedia page here, and it's like, oh, March twenty seventeen. Like he's been cast to play like John McAfee, and it's like, good God, God oh, damn it, <laughs> fuck you, Johnny Depp. Uh, whatever. Uh, I don't. Know. So again, apologies. We're resurrecting Johnny Depp to do. He's still canceled. Yeah, he and he deserves to be canceled. And he's also, I mean, his Ichabod Crane is very much just like a cipher that exists for the rest of the characters to play off of. If, if I recall, 
and like it, there wasn't a whole lot there to that character. This is also like for me like this is the end of Tim Burton, right? Like the good original Tim Burton. Yeah, maybe because I mean I've never seen Nightmare Before Christmas. It's not really my thing. What, he didn't. He just like produced that. Well, that's the thing too. Yeah. Is I think a lot of people get lost on that. Is that he didn't direct it. He just kind of came up with the concept and got the fuck out of the way. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, because after that, Tim Burton does like uh, the Bad Pan and the Ape sequel, and well, it just seems like he's devoid of of ideas. Let's see. After that, he has. I'm looking at producer. Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, Planet of the Apes was next. Oh, wow, Planet of the Apes. I mean, Big Fish, I guess some people like it. Um, I thought it was fine. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Corpse Bride, Sweeney Todd. I think didn't Sweeney Todd get some nominations? I never saw it. But, mm. uh, and then like Alice in Wonderland, Dark Shadows, well, Frank and Weenie. Just, yeah. But again, all of these, including Big Fish, Dumbo. are adaptations of something. I mean, honestly, I mean, so Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, honestly, Ish. everything except for Beetlejuice and and kind of sort of Ed Wood and Edward Scissorhands. Nothing wrong with doing adaptations. I don't know. No, it's just whatever. I think we thought Tim Burton was going to be. I don't know that he's he's paid off that promise. Oh, it's almost like he accomplished everything he could possibly want to by the time he did Sleepy Hollow. I feel like, I mean, really by Edward Scissorhands, you know, like probably that's like the most Tim Burton-y Tim movie ever. Well, even Batman Returns, I think, has that little bit of an air of uh, going through the motions. Yeah. And I think I, I kind of wonder if like later on in his movies, is he just thinking like, good God, what's the Tim Burton version of this? Oh, wait, I'm Tim Burton. Yeah. I'll put Johnny <laughs> Depp in it. Uh. <laughs> or that, that fucking joke from that fucking Ricky Gervais show of all things where Johnny Depp shows up and he's just like. You'll never guess who my co-star is. And they're like, oh, is it Helena Bonham Carter? And he's like, how'd you know that? <laughs> See, that's what's weird is like there's an almost identical joke on uh was that Brooklyn Nine Nine, which I never watched a show, but it was like heavily promoted during the Super Bowl, where it's like Adam Sandler is gonna be doing some uh Civil War movie or something, and like people are heckling him about it. And like, oh, who's gonna be who's Kevin James gonna play? And he's like, ha ha ha, very funny. He's gonna be US Grant. He's he's gonna be great in it, you know. Like same joke, basically. <laughs> But I mean, like, I think Dumbo bombed. Uh, didn't make a ton of money. No, I don't think it flat out bombed, but it wasn't. It wasn't an Aladdin. It was a smaller success. How long before Netflix is like we're partnering with Tim Burton for like a six episode show? I don't know about like a, Netflix. Might be done throwing around money after they throw like two hundred fifty million at Penny Off and Weiss. Yeah, it's gonna be about a girl who makes friends with a haunted pair of underwear or something. Something fucking crazy. No, I I see him more going like the Disney Plus route. Like like Dumbo was probably should have been like a Disney Plus movie, like Lady and the Tramp. Mm. You know, like I could see him doing I don't know Black Cauldron or something for Disney Plus. Mm, mm. Oh, no. although really that that whole series deserves like a real, you know. Let's look at Alexander, right? Yeah, this isn't Big Keeper. It's kind of interesting that Black Cauldron like gives you a much. Different... Like that was like my first fictional crush was like the 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 princess in that. Interesting. Yeah. So everyone else was like crushing after Robin Hood, the sexy fox. Yeah, no. Interesting. I've never actually seen the movie though. I just was reading the books. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Like fictional animated crushes from when I was a kid. 
I'm not really talking animated, although you oh, know no. you can go there too. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, because I mean, I had a couple. Uh, sure, I, sure, I had a few. You had a few. Yeah. Sure. Uh, the uh, rabbit from Space Jam. Never seen Space Jam. Neither have I actually. Yeah. Anyhow, let's. Uh, so uh, maybe maybe in our Patreon episode we'll talk about all of the animated characters we want to fuck. <laughs> yeah. Graphically. And then for Christmas, we'll buy each other uh, animation frames or cells from the movies huh. to ruin. You put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> Whatever, man. It's late. I'm tired. All right. Well, we should go to sleep because we have to be up in six hours. Yeah. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>